0: Hello storytellers. Welcome back to a story of stuff. I know you guys have just been on pins and needles (laughs) waiting for this episode. And so here I am back at it, back in your earbuds here to tell you some stories. Uh, it's definitely been a really long time since I've recorded, uh, months and months and months and months. And, um, you know, that's because in the year of our Lord, 2020, it's still a very much a pandemic. I feel like I've mentioned the pandemic in every single episode I've recorded, and that's because it's just here. It's like the sun at this point. It's just always here and still wreaking havoc on the global society that we live in. Um, when I started this podcast, I actually didn't even think like that that it would still be here. <laughs> I started this podcast really because I was like, okay, like basically I'm grounded. Um, I can't go out, I can't, you know, do all of the things that I would typically be doing, because interestingly enough, it happened um like a month before my birthday, before a really significant birthday. And so I was like, all right, we're not gonna let this get to stand, chin up, let's do something fun. I mean, I've always kind of wanted to dabble in podcasting, so why not try it now? Um And here we are. (laughs) Me still podcasting, the pandemic still pandemicking. Yay. Uh, The last couple of months have always also been a bit tough. Um, I think that most of us collectively have experienced that. Um, Unfortunately, 2020 is just on our necks. And so tough for 2020 is like basically apocalyptic. So yeah. Um, I just had to work through some things, make sure my mental health was good, make sure I was taking care of my household and you know, staying the course and trying to navigate this uh, new normal. That's what we call it at my day job, like air quotes, new normal, which is just so trite now. I'm like, I want the old normal, but I don't actually want the old normal either. So who even knows how things are going to shake out? But that's not the point of this podcast. Um, so today I'm going to talk to you about scams <laughs> and, um, I actually started a podcast, uh, I don't know, maybe a month or two ago called scam goddess. And it's written, um, produced and hosted by this actress named Lacey. And it's really, really funny. And it basically just talks about scams of all sizes, kind of all over the world, old ones, new ones, um, some that are really good, some that are really bad, and everything in between. Um, and it's just really funny. And like, when you hear the stories, you start to think that <laughs> basically everything is a scam. Um, and one of the things that the host says is that you fall into two camps. You're either a scammer or a scam e. And I feel like that's a little black and white. Um, I don't know that I've ever been scammed myself. I did get close, ironically, this summer, and it was by a man. You guys, I almost let a man scam me, um, but I moonwalked my way out of that situation. saw it was saw it for what it was, and dipped. And um, that's not to say that he didn't get really close. Um, so I'm not uh, I'm not any different than a lot of the people that were fully scammed in some of those episodes I listened to. Um, however, I tend to consider myself more of a scammer. Um, and it's not like I'm just out here, you know, hacking into people's like computers and credit card numbers or anything like that. But I have been known to take advantage of a situation. Um, that's just how I roll. And you know, if it benefits me, awesome. If not, I don't even know that I would entertain it. But um, yeah, I definitely am one to say, Hey, that works for me. Um, and I don't know if that makes me like a scammer or scam adjacent. I don't even know, you know, I'm not one for titles anyway, but, um, I am here to talk about a couple of scams that I have absolutely participated in, in my previous life. Um, I haven't actually done any scamming in a really long time. Um, and I don't, know that I would simply because I just don't have the energy for it. I believe that scamming is a young person's game for sure. because the thing about it, a successful scam does take a lot of work. it takes a lot of thought. Um, and you know you got to make sure that you're putting in the work because hopefully the payoff is is good. That said, um, I'll go ahead and dive in. So, my first scam takes place in the late 90s um, when I was a teenager. I used to, um, play sports and before this kind of time period of my life, I was actually what many would consider an air quotes, good girl. Like I, you know, got good grades. I played sports. I stayed home and studied and not go out and party. I went to church three times a, a week, which by the way, is a huge scam. One that we will address later. Um, So anyway, yeah, I was like a good girl. You know, I didn't really get into too much. And (laughs) the fact of the matter is it's not because I didn't want to. I just didn't really have the opportunity to. Like, I'm sure there was a lot going on out there that I would have participated in. I just hadn't been shown the door yet. Um, In walks, my high school best friend at the time who we will call Jamie and I say in walks but realistically she kind of roared into my life in this hot little red sports car and flipped my life upside down and I think it was in a good way I have no regrets about any of the stuff we did together and we got into it for sure um but she was great. She helped me kind of loosen up a little bit. I was super uptight. And she just brought out a different side of me um, that had always been there, but again, just hadn't been shown the doorway. So anyway, um, Jamie and I played basketball together. And um we were, I think we were going into this, it was the summer of our junior year. I think, yeah. Or maybe actually it was the summer of our senior year. I don't remember. Anyway, it was summertime and we were looking to get into some stuff. Um, We were living in a really small town at the time. And I mean, truly, there's not much to do in small towns. I mean, if you're from one, you know that the only thing that kids really do is have sex and do drugs. And they're either doing it openly or they're doing it behind closed doors, but that is what they're getting into people. Deal with it. Um, I wasn't having sex though. I was still kind of a prude in that area. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. Um, but I was doing drugs. Um, so anyway, we were looking for ways to kind of support our habits and our and buy some party favors over the summer. And I didn't have a job. Um, I wasn't working, I don't think, No, I wasn't working at the time and neither. And actually, I think maybe Jamie was working as a lifeguard, um, but, you know, wasn't paying the bills, so to speak. And it certainly wasn't going to support our expensive habits. And so we got our heads together and we're like, listen, we need to come up with some cash that will sustain us for the summer. How are we going to get some money? I totally couldn't ask my family. I was from a solidly middle-class family. And while Jamie was from like an upper middle-class family, I think they really kind of valued like hard work, you know, and so they weren't just going to give her money. That being said, she certainly used to steal it, but maybe I shouldn't have said that, but whatever. She got, she got money, but it wasn't enough. And plus, you know, I needed to kind of pull my weight. So we put our heads together and we're like, how can we get some dough? We're like what do we have at our disposal and what we had at our disposal was our smarts our age i mean we were young and you know for some reason people do not give youth the, that as much credit as they probably should we were cute and we also had what we called practice jerseys um And for those of you that aren't really like into sports, basically a practice jersey is what you wear to keep your uniform clean on the day of, which, you know, now that I think about it, I don't know why that mattered. I mean, because you're just going to sweat and get dirty in both, but Americans really do like decorum and I guess it's just like suit up type vibes. I don't know. But anyway, we had practice jerseys that we practiced in and then we took those home and washed them and brought them back the next day to practice in, blah, blah, blah. And so this is what we had at our disposal. However, obviously that's not enough to get some funds. It's not enough to kick off a scam. And so we're like, we need something else. That's when Jamie remembered that she had a full roll of raffle tickets and a light bulb went off. And Back when we were young, um, raffle tickets were like a huge thing. You sold them all the time to everybody. They would give you like a dollar, five bucks. And, you know, we used them for a variety of different things. Um, I don't know where she got the raffle tickets, but basically what we decided was we'd try to sell them <laughs> just in neighborhoods in our little town. And um, we would tell people that we were going to use them for a camp that we were trying to get to that summer. Um, our thinking was that if they bought the tickets, whoop, whoop, we were scoring. I mean, and if they didn't, no harm, no foul. We would just think of a different way to come up with some money because we were and are still to this day pretty ingenious. So we, you know, got her little hot car, threw our hair uh, back in some ponytails, put on some lip gloss donned our practice jersey, some shorts, and some basketball shoes, and started cruising hoods. And um, literally, from the moment we started knocking on doors to sell those raffle tickets, people started buying them. Like, they were just buying them. Like, kind of no questions asked. And part of me thinks that that's because we were cute girls. And I mean, I mean, I have no problem saying that I'm like, was, am? I don't know. A cute girl. Um, Jamie, on the other hand, was super hot. Like she was tall, she was thin, she was muscular, she was blonde. I mean, like I said, she was a lifeguard that summer. So that—that's the vibe she was giving off, and it was selling. People were buying, and I mean, all kinds of people: men, women, boys, girls. Um, and so one of the things that we um, early on established is that like we weren't gonna go crazy with it because we didn't want like people asking too many questions. We didn't want like the word getting out that you know, our team was having a ruffle because obviously your scam blows up at that point. So you have to kind of keep it very tight. And so we're like, okay, we're going to try to raise X amount of dollars. When we get to X amount of dollars, we're going to stop. And we did it. I think we probably spent five days or so walking around neighborhoods and selling these tickets. I mean, there were people that would literally give us like 50 bucks. It was so weird. They were just like, yeah, here, take $50. Give me the raffle tickets. Or there were actually some people who were like, we'll just make a donation. We don't want the tickets. It was insane how well this little scam worked. Um, but all said, yeah, I think whenever we decided to stop, we'd raised about $250 for our literal party fund. You guys, if you can believe it. Um, So scam successful. And that was kind of the first time that I remember scamming someone, like deliberately putting a scam in place. Um, And, you know, I got to say, the fact that it worked may have colored my thinking for the rest of my life. All right. So the next scam is a, is a more gentle scam. You know, I wouldn't even say that it was a scam. I just wanted something and I didn't know how to get it other than to be a bit scammy. Um, and what I wanted was a pet. (laughs) So this story takes place years later, Um, And at the time I was actually working in a animal shelter. It was super cool. I love animals. So it was kind of right up my alley. Um, It was a really well-known animal shelter. So they had a lot of rules about who could get pets and how they could get pets. Um, And I was actually, while I had worked on the floor, kind of literally adopting pets out previously, um, I was in a different position this time. So it wasn't as easy for me to get a pet as it Potentially could have been. Um, And in order to actually adopt a pet, they had some rules in place. And those rules were that they had to talk to, if you were a renter, which I was, they had to actually talk to your landlord and make sure that everything was up and up, right? And I think that they wanted to talk to someone on the phone versus have someone write out a letter or send an email saying that it was okay because they thought that this was going to avoid scams. (laughs) Anyway, I mean, we all know that if you want something bad enough, you'll figure out a way to do it. And I actually did want um, a new pet. Specifically, I was looking for a kitten because I had a pup and I loved my little pup so much, but I was working a lot and I felt so bad leaving her at home. And so I was like, she needs a companion animal. And I just knew that I wasn't ready for two dogs. And so we'll get a cat. That was my thinking. Um, And so that's kind of what kicked off this little scam. And it wasn't even that big of a scam. Essentially, I knew that they were going to have to call someone and verify the fact that a new pet could be brought into the household. However, in uh, the place that I was living, I'd already had to like basically con my landlord into letting me have my dog, and so I knew that he was not going to sign off on another pet. And so I was like, okay, so he's out. We're not going to be able to get an affirmative from him, but how can I get an affirmative? And then I was like, duh, just have a friend to pretend to be your landlord. And that's exactly what I did. I called my friend, and I'm like, listen, are you going to be around for a bit? Friend was like, yeah. I was like, so here's the deal. I'm going to adopt a pet. They are going to call my landlord because they need a verbal confirmation that it's okay for me to have another pet. However, my landlord's going to say no, so I need you to pretend to be my landlord and say yes. Friend was like, hmm, should I, could I, would I? And I was like, friend, come on, it's not that big of a deal. You know how much I love pets? And friend was like, cool, I'm in. And that's one of the things that I will say about scams. Um, they can go either way. Like, I mean, if you're gonna do a scam and you've got a full thought-out plan and you're really to commit to it by yourself, go for it. Um, if however you are going to involve another person, you have to make sure that person's solid. You cannot get involved with people who do not have your back and would not die for you because hand to god the scam will blow up. So um anyway friend was like I got your back um right as I was getting ready to fill out the paper I sent her a text and say hey heads up phone calls coming in three two one she got the phone call she talked me up she made me sound good not only as a potential cat owner but also as just a person because you know this was my place of employment so it's important that they knew that I'm a dope human. Um, and Needless to say, they were like satisfied with her performance, and I took home my cat that day. I will say that, listen, if you're going to go this route to get a pet, make sure that you want to have that pet forever. Um, I, like I said, I'm an animal lover. I actually still have my cat to this day, so you know that was a lifetime commitment that I was prepared to make. I just needed a little help in in greasing the will, so to speak. Um. Yeah. So those are two scams that I can think of. I do have another scam that I was going to tell you about. And basically it involves like drug testing. Um, but I'm not going to go into that one too much, except to say that I absolutely got away with using someone else's pee for a drug test. Um, how crazy is that? You guys, how crazy is that? Anyway, so yeah, I guess that puts me firmly in Camp Scammer. Um, And that's a badge that I don't necessarily wear wear proudly. But (laughs) if you asked me if I was a scammer, I would tell you yes. Uh, That's all for today. I hope you enjoyed these stories. And thanks for listening. And I will catch you on the flip side. Later.